Today's episode of the Rough Drafts podcast is brought to you by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Their esports book covers all of your favorite titles, including League of Legends. Bet for free with Unicorns, which you can use to enter raffles for gaming prizes, and even earn Unicorns just by playing your favorite games. Some regions can even place real money bets. And while you're there, be sure to check out the esports news page, where you could read great articles from their writing staff, including me, host Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar. It's time to put your esports expertise to the test. Log on today. Hello Internet, this is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar and welcome to the Redshirt King Manifesto. We're going to be looking at Group D today as we look at Week 2 of these group stage matches here at the World Championship. I am very excited to talk to you about these today. I am also very tired because real life has gotten in my way a little bit. So if you hear me kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent here or maybe throw in some kind of idea that only would make sense to the brain of a sleep-deprived fool, well, then you're in the right spot. And I hope that you find it as, as interesting and entertaining uh, as I think it might be. Uh, I'm going to do my best to make sure it is as insightful as it can be. Try to pack that into some really nice punches of information rather than the drawn out uh, 40 minute to an hour episodes I've been doing here, uh, both for my sake and for yours. But let's let's talk about this group D. I think I can get away with this because two of the four teams in this group are teams that I've talked about a lot over the year. I don't necessarily know that I have too much to add to what we saw from Misfits and TSM, though there is a bit, and I will get there. But we have to start with Flash Wolves, right? As much as I really, really do not want to start with Flash Wolves, that is indeed where we have to be. And they are 0-3. And this is just the world that we live in now. As, an, as a Taiwanese fan, I am equal parts devastated and unsurprised. I, I thought that this is the weakest that Taiwan has looked in a while. I think that when I watched the regional finals and, and saw their, their LMS playoffs, I felt like this was a, a, a crop that had settled. You know, I, I feel like Flash Wolves had stopped getting better because there isn't a team underneath them that was pushing them to be better. And AHQ wasn't really improving because no one was underneath them to give them a serious threat at this you know, top spot out of the LMS. So this is where we are with Taiwan. And I think the most obvious aspect of this comes from Karsa. Karsa has looked rough on the stage so far. A 1.3 KDA. I, I, I just, I never thought I'd see the day. I genuinely don't know how to process that piece of information in my mind, this idea that Karsa, this super aggressive, super playmaking jungler, 
is now this guy who's become a liability. And he is a liability because his decision on when to roam and when to pick engages, it's just off. There's just some part of his brain that isn't clicking. He's making too many risks for not nearly enough reward. And it, it honestly, it feels like a kind of desperation move from him more often than not, where he feels like he has to do something and so he throws himself at a bad idea because, well, I wasn't getting anything else done in the early game and what am I if not a jungler that gets my team ahead in the early game? And maybe some of that's fixed with champion pools. I've seen a little bit more Kha'Zix step up this week, which has been interesting. Obviously, we saw Graves come out of contracts. I, I think there are teams that have proven that early game junglers can work. And that would be better for Karsa, certainly, but I don't know if it's enough. I, I think that really it comes down to his pathing, where he's been much worse at getting counter jungle pressure. Uh, he's been much worse at securing key objectives within his own jungle and making sure that they can snowball off of things like this to put in perspective just how bad they are. Flash Wolves are 13th at jungle control right now at 47.4%. Only, funnily enough, WE uh, and then Immortals. And of all teams, SK Telecom sits at the bottom of that. And we'll get into exactly why that is and why stats can be very silly on uh, the Group A episode. But it's not a great sign. It's, it's when you can have that and you're winning games, then maybe there's you know there are other things we could look into. Flash Wolves aren't doing that. Flash Wolves aren't getting my benefit of the doubt. And I, I guess ultimately it comes down to, is Karza doing anything that makes his teammates better? Because ultimately as a jungler, that's what you need to do. And I, I really don't think so. I think Maple's good. I think Maple's made some really nice counter picks. I thought he played very well into Gia uh, in their game against World Elite. I think that given that he's gone up against Bjergsen and uh, and Power of Evil, I felt like he's hung in with those guys in, in each of these games. Hasn't done very well in lane. Does a lot better out of it. I, I feel like his mid-game roaming instincts are still very strong. And I do believe that he's had a big impact in these team fights, which is good because Betty hasn't. Betty's playing scared. And that's really not ideal you really need somebody on your team to, to step up and be that second guy and it used to be Carsa, but Carsa's off and none of his plans are working so then it needed to be betty but it's not betty because betty is nervous and he plays like he is nervous and we're just seeing the damage output despite being in a meta in which these scaling 80 carries are constantly putting out all this damage betty just isn't dealing out nearly enough in these fights. He's not sticking around long enough. And it would certainly help if MMD knew how to peel for him. And that's the other guy who's been just a massive disaster, I think, for this team at this event. He's the guy tied with Carson for that 1.3 KDA. I don't know. I feel like at this point in his career, maybe he should know not to be so extended in the side wave that he's almost certainly going to get killed. Because there's, no, you know, without vision, there's no way he knows where the enemy's going to be. And, oh, look, he died again. Uh, that seems like a concern. It seems like a concern that in team fights he always seems to flank from these weird angles 
that make it so that his engages aren't particularly effective, but more importantly, his ability to peel for Betty is not very existent. I think Sword Art's played fine. If you want to look at an upside as a Flash Wolves fan, Sword Art looks like he has gotten back to where he was in Season 5. A lot of concerns. Season 6 did not look great. Um, but congratulations. We've gotten him back to 2015 levels. If only the rest of the world was still in 2015, but it's not. It, this feels like a team that the world has passed by. And... You know, I, I say this, of course, and people are, you know, I, I can hear you in the comments now, like, oh, yes, the reverse jinx. This is such classic chasism, right? He has to go and salvage this as much as he can, and that means he's going to show the Flash Wolves, you know, tell them that they're miserable and that nothing good is going to come of this so that they can turn things around. Now, I, I don't need to reverse jinx them. I, there's no, there's nothing that I can say that is going to make this team better than they are. They fundamentally right now do not work because they have not evolved in any meaningful way in two years now. And this has to be the wake-up call that tells Taiwan, like, shit, we have to figure it out because Riot's not helping us, and that part has become very clear. But if we don't help us, then... This region might as well be a wild card region five years down the line or so. I don't think they're there yet. I, I think the people who who call for a team like that to lose their their major region status, I, I hate that argument. I, I think that certainly um, they they've earned their right to be here. It's just really a shame that they can't put these pieces together, that they are so reliant on a very particular meta that they just look like they're floundering here. And that sucks. And I'm going to be sad watching them. But on the bright side, I'm not going to have to watch them for very much longer. So I guess I got that going for me. And I just remembered how sad I am that I don't get to watch Immortals play anymore either. Ah, it's one of those worlds. It's fine. We're gonna we're gonna move on to a team that I am super excited to talk about. Misfits. We're there, fam. Two and one. Let's do it. I love the hype. I love seeing Han Sama with the pictures of like all those empty dishes of Asian food, being like, "Oh look at me, I'm so fed." And I love Nasr Al Naki going up on Twitter, being like, "That's right. We're not here for experience. We're not here to have a good time. We're here to." Freaking win! I love it! Shout out to you guys! I love this energy, and I think it's something that this team is really going to need this week. And I don't mean that in like the, oh yeah, they're so screwed, they better hold on to these nice feelings while they last kind of way. I mean it in a, like, those are the moments that you fall back to when you're playing in these do-or-die matches and the nerves start to get to you. It's remembering we have done this. We have been there. We have faced it when people thought we were not capable, and we have overcome it, and we will continue to overcome it. That's a very powerful mentality to have. It takes the best teams a while to establish that. I don't think TSM had that in their DNA until probably this year. You know, I this is a Misfits team that has clearly shown in my mind that they are here to play and that they 
are ready to take on whatever this group throws at them, which is good because they're going to need some help. This is a tough group. This is a tough task for them. And, you know, we look at this three-way tie. It's almost impossible to talk about any one of these teams without talking about the other two because it's all... There's this triangle in that has kind of defined these matchups. And, and for Misfits, their strength has a limit against Team WE, and that's their early game. Their early game is still really good. This is something that we saw develop when we were watching them in the European playoffs, when they took this kind of stagnant early game that was turning into like, oh, please, Power of Evil, save us in the mid-game, to something that was far more aggressive, that got Maxlor more involved and, and tried to get some more attention down in that bot lane and really get those lanes going early such that the late game there was this payoff. Um... And, and I think that they're doing a, a good job of that on this stage. Given how much they were crushed by Team WE in that first match that they played, I think that it's astounding that their early game rating right now sits at a 54.3. That's the fifth highest of this tournament. I, that boggles my mind. It's, to me, that's such a... You, know, you, you look at that and you look at the fact that every single member of Misfits right now is in a positive in the positives for gold differential at 10 minutes, that's nuts. I, I think that they're, they are executing across the board incredibly efficiently. And I do want to give Maxwell credit for this because he's a guy I absolutely underrated when I did my preview for this group. I thought that he did his job, and that's what I appreciate about him in Europe, but it was going to take more than that. Turns out he can just do his job regardless of the opponent. And I just was ye of little faith. I won't make that mistake again, Max Lord. You have my attention. You had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. I really love watching him play. I love seeing these early games play out, and especially just... Oh, it's so nice to see Alfari be able to hold his own. Remember when he was a really great laner in the spring split, and then everything went wrong in the summer regular season? Though we weren't sure what the hell summer playoffs meant for this team. Well, now, good news. We know what it means. It means that Alfari can hold his own in lane now. He's not the primary focus, and he's not going to be, but that's fine. Top lane isn't in this meta. You just need to be able to hold your own, and in a group filled with some very good top laners, 957's no joke, MMD, I mean, he's a veteran, if nothing else. Haunts are obviously very good. I think Alfari's more than held his own, and that's nice. But you don't want to hear me talk about Maxlor and Alfari and Ignar. You want to hear about Hansama. Because Hansama has been the monster that has defined this team. And in my opinion, Hansama is the difference maker between their success that we saw against TSM and against Flash Wolves and the failure that we saw against Team WE. Because it was a system failure against Team WE. They got crushed in 26 minutes. It was not a close game. And I don't buy this whole idea of like, oh, well, that was a learning experience. They bought, you know, they regrouped from that and it made them stronger. I don't think it's that. I think it's, it's a lot more simple when it comes to Misfits. Misfits are a team that needs to get their two carry players into positions in which they can dictate the pace of these fights. 
right now that you know when we looked at the beginning of the springs uh, the summer season power of evil was getting too much of a percentage of the resources now we're seeing it shift to han sama and i think that the more they've shifted it the more that gold has gone his way and it is currently han sama 24.9% of his team's gold to power of evil's 22.8 you can see the difference han sama's damage has been bonkers which of course happens when you're playing a lot of late game hyperscaling champions but it is Important to note the efficiency with which he's done so. You know, Ignar keeps him alive in lane. He keeps these roam possibilities going in the mid game that keep, you know, that they allow that scaling to keep going. And I think his execution on things like Kogma has been brilliant. I think he's a really good player. And I, it's one of those things that I, I think really makes. Misfits such a difficult team to pin down where they're going to go this week because like I, I don't know who in this group has an answer to Han Sama in a in, a, in the way that I, I usually think of like obviously Double is a great 80 carry Mystic's a great 80 carry I'm not trying to say that they're not great 80 carries but Han Sama right now is the one of the one player who I would trust in that bot lane more than anyone else that if, if it gets to 30 to 40 minutes he's going to be the difference maker when, when we saw in those late 30 to 40 minute fights for tsm it was hauntzer that was coming through or it was bjergsen that was coming through for team we gia is such a huge part of their offense and let's face it we doesn't go to the late game very often so it's really not you know, they, they don't necessarily have that same comparison point. That's why Team WE, shortest average game time at Worlds right now at 31.2. You know, I, I get it. I, I I think that, you know, I don't I don't mean to discount TSM's advantages or WE's advantages, but it does tell me that if these games go late, Han Sama is this ticking time bomb that I think gives Misfits a potential edge, and that's something I wouldn't have said last week. I didn't think Misfits had a chance in this group. I'm still reluctant to say that they're going to get out of it, but that's because everything that I can think of in my history as an EU analyst says that it's impossible for a team to make such a, a massive change to the makeup of their shot calling, to the makeup of the compositions that they're drafting, and have that all succeed. And I think Hansama is proving me wrong. I really do. I think Hansama is showing me, and Misfits is showing me, that when you find these pieces and you finally figure out the correct order in which to put them together, the puzzle can come together rather quickly. I, I believed in this puzzle when I picked Misfits to be the second best team in Europe. I then didn't believe because the puzzle didn't appear. Then suddenly I was right because it came out out of nowhere, but it was potentially a fluke. Now I'm just, I think this is just who they are. And and for the record, regardless of whether they got out of this group or not, Misfits fans should be so hyped for 2018. This team's only getting better from here, guys. Like this is this is the starting ground. I, I can't wait to watch more of this team play. I think this is a fun, a fun squad. And I really hope that they keep that energy going because if they can if they can survive the early game of Team WE, if they can battle TSM 
to that late game slugfest, I think the Misfits can can find a way out. I know Misfits. Who would have thought? Not me. Already established that at the opening of this section. Um, but that's where we are. Um, let's let's talk about uh, Team WE because I want to close on TSM. I I don't know how to feel about Team WE. I am so conflicted because on the one hand, I think there's a lot going right right now. First of all, I, I meant everything I said about Gia. I, I think that Gia has been the difference maker on this team. I, I love his roaming potential. He's always been a mid laner that is at his best when he's making the players around him better. But I felt like this is... You know, that, that's easy to do when things like mid lane karma are a thing. Now, that's not necessarily the case. But then, I like, he's reminded me, but Galio exists, right? Like, we have champions in which, you, you know, you can play that supportive role. And, and he's very comfortable in it. Um, and when you add the kind of objective pressure that a champion like that puts on, suddenly... You have a really vital tool to your skill set that you get to, to build compositions around. And you don't need him to be your big damage dealer. In fact, he's not been a big damage dealer. The difference between his damage per minute and 957's damage per minute is literally 20 points. That's nothing. I don't think there's any mid lane, top lane comparison that's even close. This is just... Gia doesn't do a lot of damage, but he doesn't need to. Because what he does is he provides those the, those skirmish potential. He provides the moments in which this team is able to engage and take advantage of the opportunities that they're, they're laning and they're farming you know, in the jungle set them up for. And they do do a very good job of that. I, I do think that Team WE with those short games has shown a precision that makes them incredibly impressive to me. When they work, they are terrifying. And, and of course, that comes down to a guy like Mystic. We all know that Mystic is this great mechanical AD carry. That's, this is not news to anybody, I don't think. But, I mean, it was nice to see it, right? We still love watching his Kog'Maw and his Twitch, right? It's It's... It's fun to watch Mystic do Mystic things. It's fun to watch 957. Isn't that nice? Like I, I feel like 957 showed me a, a, a strong variety of picks that he is capable of moving forward. And, I, and that's going to be really helpful for them in the long run. I, and, you know, I, it, it, when we talk about versatility of Team WE and how they are the most adaptable of any of the Chinese teams. You see it when you watch 957 and you see it when you watch Condi because it really does feel like they can adapt to whatever WE asks them to do in that particular game. And that's huge because it means that there's a, a versatility there that's going to be very hard for a team like Misfits who's new to this to keep up with. And Misfits couldn't keep up with it in their first game. A, a perfectly drafted comp from Team WE to just snowball out that early game, 26-minute close, bam, bam, dunk. WE's great at that. 
you know, and, and we got to give them credit for their win against Flash Wolves, which was also pretty decisive. It felt like that was a game in which they very clearly acknowledged their openings. Uh, they, you know, it, it got extended a little bit because of some some silly steals and some, uh, you know, a top lane gank that went horribly wrong around the uh, around this mid game, but. Ultimately, as soon as WE got going, they got that Baron at the 29-minute mark. That was game. They won that game in 32 minutes, despite the fact that I don't think they were winning it until maybe the 26, 27-minute mark. It's nuts. And, and the way in which they're able to close so quickly and so effectively, to me, is what makes them such a dangerous team. But, yeah, you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. I am so concerned about them and this group. For the same reason I'm concerned about most Chinese teams, but especially Team WE, it is really hard to succeed when you have one strategy. Because TSM and Misfits just had a whole week to watch what they're capable of. And what we saw in their game against TSM, TSM is perfectly capable of keeping themselves alive and giving themselves opportunities. You know, a lot's going to be made of that five-man Hanserolt. A lot is going to be made of the, you know, ensuing fights after around the Baron Pit. But the real question that people should be asking is, how was WE at that point? How, how was WE grouped up such that Hanser can hit a five-man ult like that. When a, a play like that is basically the only way that they lose. I, I feel like WE are so laser-focused on this idea. It's we get, our, we get Mystic ahead, we build around the mid-game spike, we push into the base, and we win. And we're really good at that. And that's great. And it's, it's awesome to see how all of these different pieces, you know, someday it's going to be Condi on the support, and, and 957's going to play something a little bit more aggressive. And then 957's on a pure tank, and Condi's doing his own thing, but now we're seeing Gia play something with a little bit more damage. There's some spice in there. There is some variety, but it all ultimately leads to the same point. And that point is Mystic carries us in the mid to late game because we all set him up perfectly to do so. Which, you know, to me, it is one of the reasons I think I struggled so much to get behind WE the way that other analysts did. I think that variety is not the same as flexibility. Per se. And then even individual flexibility is not the same as team flexibility. I don't think this team can win a game in which Zia has to be the primary carry. He's never asked to be, and I don't think that's something that they're going to ever ask him to do, but he kind of given away your game plan then, right? Everyone knows that Mystic is the thing that you're trying to get ahead. That's that's your plan. Bot lane, Snowballs the lane, you know. Snowballs are lane, and snowballs the game because Mystic gets these advantages. Well, if, if everyone knows this, gotta imagine they've game planned around it for this week. Gotta imagine that they're gonna try to shut that down with gank after gank after gank and say, "Okay, we, what else you got? Is it just that Mystic's so good that he's gonna be able to, 
you know, endure all of that and still carry? Possibly. I think that's a very hard way to go if you're going to try to win enough games to escape this group with two really talented teams at your heels. Perhaps you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, maybe, you know, it won't matter. You know, we'll send all this attention at Mystic and then it doesn't pay off. And then what, right? You wasted all this time and energy. Clearly, this was proof that, you know, WE will handle all of this just fine. And, and maybe they will. I, I, I certainly think that Gia and Condi can play enough different combinations of things that there's no one perfect way to shut down Mystic. But I do believe that any team that can shut down Mystic can get a game off of WE. And if the game goes on long enough, having only one person that the enemy team is afraid of is really tough. That's why TSM ultimately came back in that game. They were able to, you know, once the game became, oh, well, we have to kill Mystic, but if we do, we win. That's nice. That's, that's a manageable, meaningful goal. And I think that's where teams are going to go. And I... Look forward to seeing how WE can deal with that. I think people who are gonna, you know, say that I'm I'm doubting them are gonna, you know, be very happy to tell me that WE don't you don't you don't know that they have all these different ways of keeping Mystic safe and, and that their early game is so good that it won't matter and that's all fine. It very well could be the case. I am not writing WE off. There's a reason I picked them to finish first when I did my bracket. I I do think that. What they do, they're so good at that it maybe doesn't matter. But maybe it does. And maybe the fact that they lost to TSM and now Misfits, you have to imagine, are going to give them more of a game now that they've got a little bit of momentum under their shoes. Now that, you know, maybe they're not going to be quite as nervous as they were for their very first game on the international stage. This is going to be interesting. I... I very much am looking forward to seeing how WE plays things out. I'm gonna hold off on making any definitive predictions for at least a little bit longer, because now I get to talk about TSM. And I I really like I'm I'm struggling to come up with new things to say about TSM. I really am. And it's not that TSM haven't played well, they have. It's not that they haven't had fun and interesting games. Of course they did. That game against WE was insane. Hanser did hit a five-man gnarled. They did come back with some great Biofrost engages, with some great Bjergsen plays, because Bjergsen is a god, and that's just what we do here at Worlds. I like These are great, fun things that they were capable of. And even the loss against WE, like, I, loss against Misfits, excuse me, that's... A really nice set of games from from TSM. It really, that's they don't go for that last Baron fight. They might win that series. I I don't think it was out of play. I, I think that ultimately, you know, they made so many decisions that kept them alive and kept them alive and kept giving them chances. And I, I think that ultimately, that's all you can ask for from a team like that is that they keep themselves relevant in these games. And they were. They were relevant. And and I think that certainly when they play Misfits, they're going to feel confident that, oh, yeah, we can keep up. We can deal with this. It was just like we made a couple bad decisions here and there, and we're going to fix it. 
I just find it so hard to really get behind this team when their early game is so bad. And their early game is so bad because Sven Skarin is so bad. And I'm just tired of watching it. I'm tired of I'm tired of seeing him do nothing for the first 10 to 15 minutes. Just power farming it up, make no plays, no real effort to get something going around the map, no effort to throw his opponents off guard, just I'm farming because I'm Sven Skarin and that's all I do nowadays in the early game. I'm sorry, that's not enough for me anymore. I, I, I don't accept this answer of, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, this is what's best for the team. It can't possibly be best for this team. If it had been best for the team, like, how, how is that a great idea against Misfits? How is that a great idea against Team WE? Yes, both of those games were winnable at the end of the day, but they also both could have easily been lost purely from how badly the early game went for them. To, to put this in, in numbers, because I always do feel like context really helps. TSM right now, 12th in early game rating at with a, a whole 45.1. That's atrocious. In, in, in a group in which two of the best five early game teams are tied with you at two and one, this feels like a concern to me. It feels like more than a concern. This feels like a downright tragedy waiting to happen. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I, I'm an Immortals fan and I just watched North America have, you know, a you know meme-level week two collapse that gives flashbacks to those 2015 days. But but also because of that, I won't lie, it's, it's there in the back of my head. And I don't think this TSM team has given me anything to, to think otherwise. Now, you know, and this is where TSM fans will feel like I'm attacking them. And they'll be like, oh, but you're not talking about how good, you know, Hauser played in, in the laning phase as well. He was a monster in the top lane. He never gets enough credit for that. And you know what? You're right. He was a monster in the top lane. He did win his lane on average by a considerable margin. And I thought that he played it very well in this group stage. I feel like Hauser's a guy they can absolutely depend upon. I like him more on Gnar than I like him on pure tanks. But I do like him on that kind of bruisery tank role. I think that... You know, he could very much play in this week two, the same role that, ironically so, as of all people, played in week two. Um, except without having to have the terrible week one beforehand, uh, where he's just, he's making those TPs, he's taking the couple solo fights that he wants, and then closing things out from there. That's nice, that's good, and I think it's absolutely in play. I, I don't mean to diminish that as in the same way I don't mean to diminish Biofrost, whose recon still makes my heart warm. And I don't want to diminish the fact that Bjergsen is still, in my opinion, the best Western player to ever play. And I am in awe of just how well he's able to carry the team in these late-game team fights when they're fighting back from a deficit, when they are in these do-or-die situations. I think his leadership... Um, his shot calling in those moments, I think, has more than borne itself out. But I'm also noticing that Doublelift doesn't look very good. I, I don't think that he's done anything to impress me compared to his bot lane counterparts. I thought Hansama was clearly the better AD carry in their game. I thought Mystic was clearly the better AD carry in that one. And 
Double lift should have been much more impactful against Betty than he was. It's not to say that Betty won that matchup by any means. Betty's not playing very well, but double lift didn't necessarily take it over for me either. I, I think that ultimately this is a team in which the good parts are still really good and they are still a team that has this veteran leadership, veteran experience, they, they know how to handle big moments like this. And if you're going to give them a big advantage over especially Misfits going into this, you know, full-on marathon day, TSM is going to have that understanding of what a day like this feels like. Because Misfits doesn't have that. They've played one game for, you know, over, you know, three, day, three games in three days. This is three games in one day against three different opponents, all of whom are learning from you after every single game. That's tough. It's really tough to do. And TSM knows how to do it because they've done it twice. Not necessarily particularly well, but they've done it twice. And hopefully they learned from those experiences. They definitely should have. There's no excuse this year, I'll tell you that much. You know, I, I do think that helps. And I do think that, you know, if, if you're a TSM fan and, and what you take away from this you know, if you're going to take away anything, it should be that their mid to late game team fighting is as good as it was in North America. I, I think that it still has the potential to do great things for them. It's going to keep them relevant in just about any game because I don't think the teams will be able to so easily dispose of them in a snowball. But it would be nice to not have to watch them play from behind every single game. It would be nice for Svenskeren to give me something worth watching out of the jungle for him. And it would be nice if Doublelift remembered that he's supposed to be the best AD carry in the West. I don't... It feels like those days are so long ago, all of a sudden. And that's... You know, that's not just me saying that, right? We we all remember Doublelift at the NA Finals. And he said, I don't think I've had many great games recently, but I'm very happy that we won. We, you know... Double Lift's not a particularly humble guy, so when that's what he's saying, I, I tend to believe him. I, I, I think that he he feels it too. And that, you know, to a certain extent, that awareness is good. It means that he's likely to learn from it, and, you know, we'll see where it takes him. But it's, it's really tough for me right now to say I 100% feel confident that TSM is going to make it out of this group because they are the better team. They're better at some things. They have a very clear set of skills. And ultimately, I think... Man, now I have to make my prediction because now I'm actually at the end of this section. Ah, uh, this is so tough. I really should have planned this out. Like, I brought a podcast. I could even edit this. I'm not going to. I want you guys to see the panic that I I have right now. I think WE gets first. And I think... You know what? Screw it. It's more fun this way. I'm going to pick Misfits second. Screw it. TSM, I want you to prove it to me. And, and maybe that's dumb. I think TSM is probably more likely to get out, honestly. But I'm going to pick the Mis... I'm going to... Trust in misfits. Nazarel Naki told me to. Han Sama gave me the great Asian food memes. And in my opinion, f misfits are the most fun of these three teams. And if I 
really do believe it's a toss-up, and I believe that each of these teams has, like, I mean, given that there's two spots, I think they all have at least a 60% chance to go out. I'd make it, like, maybe, like, a 70-65-65 with WE getting that 70, just because I think the Mystic is that good and Gia is that good, and they understand exactly what their team does so intricately. I'd, I'd rather root for the team that's fun. And TSM is not fun to watch if you're not a TSM fan. But I dare you to watch a Misfits game as a neutral viewer and not have a smile on your face. I, I just, I really like how this team's come together. Well, let's see what the casinos think. I, I don't think the casinos are going to agree with me. In fact, uh, Unicorn, we need to talk. Uh, I'm seeing right now that Misfits versus Flash Wolves. Flash Wolves right now are favored at 1.58 to Misfits 2.30. So what I'm saying is bet on Misfits against Flash Wolves. Flash Wolves are garbage. Misfits is actually good. You can go ahead and believe in the hype and take advantage of Unicorn's faulty... Uh, I don't even know. How did the algorithm spit that out? That's... My mind just broke trying to understand that one. Well, it's fine, because we're going to move on to the other Flash Wolves games real quick. Uh, TS, uh, Team WE, uh, 1.52 favorites over Flash Wolves at 2.45. That's That makes a little bit more sense. I Honestly, I think maybe WE's getting uh, not enough credit there. I don't, I don't know what we saw from Flash Wolves. It says that they're... 2.45 right now, but you know, maybe uh, TSM 1.58 against uh, Flash Wolves at 2.30. So TSM and WE very close. And in fact, when you look at the line, Team WA 1.8 versus TSM 1.95. That's about as close as it gets, folks, without it being an actually even line. Neither one of these teams are giving more money back than they're taking from you, um, which I think is very fair. It's a very close sequence of games, but that only highlights how absurd I think these next two lines are. TSM, 1.36 versus Misfits at 3.00. How is that not worth a flyer? You're giving me 3.00? That's plus 200 for my North American viewers. That's nuts! That's silly. There's no way that TSM, you know, TSM probably wins this, let's say, 60% of the time. 3.00 is like, that. that's an absurd amount of value for something I think happens at least 40% of the time. That's nuts. I, I could not disagree with that more. I, I 1.27 for Team WE over Misfits at 3.60 is also way too high. But I also think that Team WE is really good at the one thing that Misfits relies upon to get to the part of their game that's fun. So I would just take Misfits at 3.00, and I would take Misfits uh, against TSM, and I would take Misfits at 2.30 against Flash Wolves and call that a day. Call that a day, and let's call this a podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this, let me know. Like, comment, subscribe. I didn't actually make it very much shorter this time around. I hope that's okay. I hope that I didn't meander too far 
off the beaten track, but I mean it when I say that I love League of Legends. I love thinking about this group. I'm really excited to watch these games all play out tomorrow. I think of the groups, this is the one I'm most excited to see because I think this is the one that can go in so many different directions. I, I We kind of, you know, yes, Group B surprised us, but I didn't go into that day like, oh yeah, man, this is going to be some crazy fanatic upset. Like, no, no, no. Like, this is a group where I know I'm going to be glued to every single one of these games because there are three teams that I think are really good and only two of them are going to get a shot. And that's fun. Turns out groups are a little bit more interesting when you don't have Korean teams making them uh, very one-sided. But if you guys enjoy this, please do let me know in the comments. I do read every single one, and I do try to reply to all of you. Um, so, so let's keep that conversation going. And if you'd like to reach out to me directly on Twitter, I'm at RedShirtKing. Um, I also do a whole bunch of stuff for the official Unicorn Twitter, at Unicorn.co, Unicorn of, of course, spelled with a K. Um, I, I hope that you guys are reading all the articles that I'm putting on there. I've written two this week already by the time that you're going to be listening to this, those of you who, who are early birds and getting there right away. Uh, I have a third one coming on uh, Samsung, or, or on Misfits versus TSM tomorrow, excuse me. Uh, and then I have an article on Cloud9 coming the day after that. So there's so much fun stuff you could be reading that I'm writing and therefore would be even more fun because because you get to read all of my things and it's great. And you're great for listening to this. And I think I should stop now while I'm still technically ahead. So until next time, goodbye, Internet. <laughs>